But what is the state of uh, those rivers? Well, that's the question we will be posing. Uh, to uh, Jonathan Erasmus, hopefully in a while, uh, when we try and get hold of him, and uh, that will be with regards to uh, the state of the uh, of the waterways here in KZN in particular. With a number of reports stating that the KZN waterways are still some of the most toxic waterways that are out there that you could have on the planet, in special reference to where the Umgeni River meets the, uh, you know, the, the Blue Lagoon, the famous Blue Lagoon, which once upon a time seemed to have been the uh, the haunt or the or the hangout of practically every person on a Saturday afternoon. I don't know when last, uh, if you're listening to me from Durban, you've ever been to that uh, part of the world. But if you have been, uh, if you have been recently, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you have been following social media tweets, etc., with regards to the state of affairs at the Blue Lagoon, at the waterhead or the water, uh, or the, the the mouth of the Gany River. Well, you know what I'm speaking about. Well, Water Can, a water focus initiative driven by the organization doing tax abuse or outer and adopt a river, the KZN based non profit organization, uh, working primarily on key waterways, have joined hands on one of Durban's key river systems. Now, the two groups of water activists have committed to undertake a series of, uh, well, bacterial and chemical tests along the Ambilo River. Now, this is the lesser-known river. I don't know, people these days cross the Amgeni River. If you're leaving Durban to go to the airport or something, you're across the Amgeni River. But back in the day, when the south of Durban was more famous and people had to make their way to Isipingo, you know, those parts of, uh, you know, of, of the city itself, or the old airport for that matter, chances are you would be crossing over the Ambilo River at some stage, a highly polluted river these days that requires urgent attention. Well, we welcome online outers, water can KwaZulu-Natal representative uh, Jonathan Erasmus. Good evening, Jonathan. Good evening tonight. Thanks for having me. And thank you. Thank you for joining us. How concerned are you? But of course, rightfully so, about the state of rivers in Itaguini especially seems to be painting a dire picture here. Yeah, no, it, it's deeply concerning. I think one of the one of the con- one of the major concerns we have is, besides the actual results that we're getting, which is kind of you know things happen. We understand pollution happens from time to time, but it's the the, the slow response in dealing with it. And I think that is what worries us most. It's not the fact that these incidents happen. This is part of life. These things, such things do happen. The fact that very little has been done to rectify it. Um, I mean, the I think the test that we did in the Milo River, the below the wastewater treatment plant, the E. coli count was ten times higher than above, and I mean above was already through the roof. So mm. you get the idea that we, we're really on a dire state, and there are entire livelihoods that we, we we often think that we're in a city, but there are still many livelihoods that rely on the river in the city, and um, and those livelihoods are being severely damaged. What we understand, Jonathan, is that these E. coli tests were undertaken by the Talbot Laboratories, and this was downstream from the Ambilo Wastewater Treatment Works. I mean, uh, did, did the did the wastewater works contribute to the E. coli uh, high E. coli count, or are there, I, I suppose, multiple factors here along the Ambilo River? So you've got you've obviously got the kind of natural pollution that gets into the river upstream that comes in through industry, households, um, we obviously informal kind of settlements. You know the kind of the very general thing that we've become accustomed to in, in this country and in, in the city. 
But what the wastewater treatment plant does is it is it takes the waste that's coming out of the kind of the sewer system, and then it processes it, and then it releases it back into the river. But what we're finding is it's they're not processing it. In fact, it's almost like a it's almost just passing through. So the waste is coming through to the wastewater treatment plant where it's meant to be processed and cleaned and, and so forth. But it's not really. It's just passing straight through and dumping straight into the river. And that's the problem. So it's sewage actually joining the river system at that point. And that's why there is the 10 times uh, jump into, in the count. So just to put it upstream, as far as the count is, just to give you some perspective, dangerous critical count is considered 400 counts of E. coli per 100 milliliters of water. That's it. That's the very standard. That's the standard kind of generally accepted measure. Above the stream, or up above the wastewater treatment plant, is 5,810. Below mm. is 61,310. So that gives you, really, it just shows the monumental rise that we're having there. And that's actually the problem. The treatment plants aren't working. I mean, Jonathan, I mean, this wastewater treatment plants, uh, or, or this plant in particular, the Ambilo one, I mean, why is it is it not working? I mean, has it broken down because of lack of maintenance? Has there been no oversight over the wastewater treatment plant? Talk to us about the, the source of this E. coli. Well, well so all of the above, really. And mm. uh, if you go back in time, the Ambilo River's been... The Ambilo River, like every other river, actually had been fairly polluted for several years now prior to the flooding. The flooding the flooding has been used as a cover to say that it's a brand new event. But in fact it's not. You go and look at the city's own data. They've got uh, on their on their website they show have map map data of pollution levels of E. coli in the system going back to twenty nineteen or twenty twenty and you'll see all of them are often red and critical. So this is a this is an issue that has been with us for a while. A lot of it has to do with maintenance. I believe. I think load shedding contributes a huge amount to it now. That's another kind of factor that we're having to deal with. Um, we've also got a lot of kind of illegal connections taking place along the line. That We've probably got over too many people living in certain residences. That's kind of a standard thing in, in, in certain places. Town planning's not being adhered to. And uh, the infrastructure hasn't been developed alongside with the big developments. So it's, it's a multiple type of factor. And yes, a lot of it actually does rest for the council, you know, maintenance, mm. um, regulation of bylaws, um, just general procurement policy, that which is dire in the city. I mean, we I don't think I have to talk really about how badly our procurement system is in the city. Just as a point of fact, the Auditor General did release the reports on the city about a week and a half ago and um, found just, uh, the city's got, uh, I think, about 50, waste, 50 waste, uh, wastewater treatment plants and she found at least three of those weren't even registered with, with mm. any kind of authority. They were just kind of running un, under the radar, weren't being checked or anything. One was in um, Kingsborough. Um, there was another one down down north. So these are the and another one in East Bingo. So this is the kind of situation that we're having. Um, we, and if the city really doesn't take it seriously, and I don't think they are, I don't think they've quite grasped the kind of the calamity that we are facing here. If they don't, we really do have a very dire future ahead of us and i think the tourism numbers of christmas gave us a very warm awakening to the reality of what it would mean for us mm.
Uh, you know, well, of course, we've been talking much about the Ambilo River, but there are the other two major ones, the Umshloti River. Now, this is, of course, in the north uh, uh, by Umshlanga, etc. And then you have the, uh, the, the Mgeni River, the famous one that ends off in, in Blue Lagoon, which, uh, you know, is, is a hallmark and a feature along the riverside area of, of Durban. These three major, uh, you know, washes that lead into the Indian Ocean, um, the area of about, what, 60, 70 kilometers from the Umshloti Mount right till the, um, the Umbilo Mount. Uh, this area here now is the hub of Durban's Itaguini's uh, tourism. And, you know, a, a big hue and cry, of course, made about it prior to December with the mayor himself venturing into those, into those waters. But now in the month of Feb, people are more quieter and, and less and, and subdued, rather, regarding the... Um, the E. coli count, but uh, what is the state of, of of the beaches? I mean, how regular are E. coli tests being done on the prime beaches between the Mshloti Mouth and the uh, and the Umbilo Mouth? The city always says they do them regularly, but they've never really shared their data, so it's hard to validate when they are testing and, and, and what spot they are testing and, and etc. But uh, Talbot has Talbot Laboratories has been doing tests of, of the beaches, and currently the Golden Mile. Is clear. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't swim by Blue Lagoon. That's for certain. Mm. That's uh, you know they say Country Club, which is just a bit further down by Bark and Bean and those lovely places. That's all. Um, that's that. They say that's clear. But once again, it takes a change of the current for that area to become pretty polluted very quickly. But mm. the, the actual central beaches really they have almost a geographic advantage. You know, the Mbila River flows out into the harbour and then gets taken by the by the prevailing current and heads north. So, and obviously it's protected. So the central beaches of Bay of Plenty, North Beach, New Pier, Addington, those, that, that they, they almost, they almost skip the bullet, so to speak. Mm. It's the Mshlanga and the Mshloti beaches that get hammered by this because they just get the deluge of waste rocking up on their shores. And of course the, the recent counts show that Mshlanga's beaches are above that, well, or hovering really above and below, depending on which beach you're on, that 400 uh, counts per 100 milliliter um, range. So, Shanghai is in big trouble. And I mean, considering what people pay for rates there, they're also part of the SRA or UAP, Urban Improvement Precinct. You know, there's a huge premium to stay there. And if you're unable to use your beach, I mean, that, that take, takes a lot of that premium away. Hmm. Um, finally, Jonathan, of course, uh, the way forward. Of course, one thing is uh, giving attention to the wastewater plants, but this is going to be a, a long-term project for residents and the city, should they choose to even get their act together. You've got illegal settlements uh, or informal settlements on the banks of, of the river. You've got illegal uh, industries that are dumping, uh, you know, they're, they're effluent into the river itself with little to no oversight. It's going to take, you know, a big, a big effort from all concerned. Yes, but I think once you get the the momentum in, in, in the kind of enforcement rules, then then things change fairly quickly. And I mean, it's quite clear. You go stand on the banks of Mgeni and you look over to Springfield, and you see businesses just dumping into the river. I mean, it's not like they're trying to hide it or anything. You know, they just dump, and uh, that's easy, that's, a, that's an easy win. You should be able to, should easily be able to enforce those rules. And of course, one of the things that we're quite big on at Watercan is we've developed our own testing kits, very very easy kind of, we call them citizen science testing kits, which I could show you how to use in about four minutes. 
And you would then be able to go and test your own water in your own area and start collating that data. And then what we've, we've created is a, a website where you can go and you load all this data up. And then it, and it sits there. It starts giving us a much better overview of the quality of water that we have in general. And then the idea is that we take that data and that data we use to start lobbying the government uh, for for much more attention on our water resources. The only way it's going to change really is through community action. And I think as a as a population of the country, we've we've come to realize that really rapidly, very soon, or or, or, or of recent, that we need to be active in order to really bring the change. It's the only way it's going to happen. Um, we've got to drive it. We've got to push. We've almost got to finance a lot of the operations ourselves. And we've got to take sometimes, sometimes you're going to have to take people to court and hopefully, God willing, we're going to put someone in jail for the state of or state of the quality of our rivers. Jonathan, uh, how how do we stay in touch with Water Can's work and and you know keeping updated to with regards to your activities and maybe even joining in one or two campaigns here in the Durban area? So, Jenna, you know, thanks for asking. We do have a obviously our website, which is watercan.org.za, and obviously anyone can uh, anyone can visit it. And of course, from there you'll see once you've entered the site, you'll see we've got Map My Water, which has the water map that we've developed, and you can then register your details in there, and then we'll be in touch with you about getting a kit to you. Um, we do have a number of free sample kits that we're handing out. There are some kits that we obviously people would have to buy, but that's really just a cost-covering kit. But they, I mean, compared to what you would pay for a tel- for, no, for a, a full lab kit. They are very cheap, you know, they're incredibly cheap. And the whole idea is to put the test in people's hands. And, of course, you can go to our site and just got a Get Involved button, which you can click and then obviously put your details in there once again, and then we'll stay in touch with you. Um, and we're just going to build this network of citizen scientists that are eager and keen to make a difference in the communities that they live. Jonathan Erasmus, thank you so much for joining us on Radio Islam International. Have a good evening ahead of you. Keep up the good work, and we certainly will be following your tracks, Jonathan. Thanks, Jono. Thanks very much. Take care. Well, that's uh, um, Outer's Water Can. Jonathan Erasmus talking to us about the state of water here in Durban. Long, long ongoing issues here with uh, the state of the beaches as well as the Surin situation. And this was, he's right, you know, well before the discussion was well, well before the flooding here, last year's flooding. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, you know, preserve our environment.